The White House has two choices. Announce they're taking this seriously and will not let up until the suspect is caught and ultimately prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Or two, announce they've learned from the experience and will end the war on drugs. Anything else exposes them as detestable hypocrites. And I was saying earlier, before all this audio stuff went down, I have news for Tom about the Biden family. They are already clearly detestable hypocrites. And we know this because Joe Biden talks all the time about how much he loves his family. He literally has a seventh grandchild that he never, ever, ever addresses. He just pretends she doesn't exist because she's hunters from an illegitimate relationship and he wants nothing to do with her. It's so disgusting. It's actually one of the things that makes me angriest about the Bidens. Yay, it's still working. I think we probably have an echo here from Andy's audio in the other room. Even as they're doing coke in the White House, you can be sure they're not about to end Washington's war on drugs, no matter how badly it's backfiring and or reform or end the DEA, ATF, etc. Laws, after all, are for the little people. For sure. For sure. Tom is entirely correct in his analysis. He's a very smart gentleman. I wanted to bring him on Timcast IRL, but I think he's based overseas, but... And he says, don't let her touch the OBS settings. That's it. I didn't change any OBS settings. I think I was just using the wrong scene. So let's read more about where the White House is falling recently, falling on the case of the cocaine snowstorm going on within their walls. White House cocaine was found near the Situation Room and not in the West Wing visitor entrance, as they said yesterday. So if you guys recall from yesterday, they told us that it was found where guests are frequently walking by, where there's a bunch of tourists. They tried to blame it on... This is really, truly reprehensible. They tried to blame it on the average people who are just walking by, like the normal people who are going through the White House on tours. They literally tried to blame it on the little people. And I find that especially disgusting. Drug story changes for the second time as the Secret Service now says the dime bag was found in a more secure location. Wow. So you're telling me that whoever put this in this secure location had access to secure locations? Are you telling me it was like a member of a of a, a, a certain group, like a member of the president's family? That would be crazy. That can't be right. That sounds crazy. Cocaine was found near the West Executive Entrance, new report says. The entrance is used by officials, visitors, and celebrities. It sits off the executive driveway where VP Harris's motorcade is parked. A new twist has emerged in the investigation of the cocaine discovered at the White House on Sunday. It was actually found in a different location. Okay, so we lied just a little bit. It's no big deal. Randy says Dimebag Biden. That's a great name. The bag of powder was found in a cubby near the White House's West Executive Entrance. Not the formal West Wing lobby, NBC News reported, citing multiple sources. That entrance, which is in the West Wing, but on the floor below the lobby, is also a heavily trafficked area. A description White House officials have used as a way to explain their doubts the culprit will be found. So they're excusing their intentional incompetence as saying, oh, actually, a lot of people use this entrance. There's really no way we'll be able to figure out who did this because it's not like we have security cameras or security guards or records of who enters or goes through. Just saying. Sarenko says, I thought they stopped doing White House tours. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We propped the mattress up against the other wall because otherwise you can see it in the shot and the cat is climbing up it and he's trying to knock it over. So don't listen to any loud bangs coming from that side of the room. Everything's fine. Everything's handled. It's just one or both of the pets 
causing chaos just off camera. Now it's reported to be a floor below the lobby in an area used by staff, officials, visitors, and VIPs. So still relatively heavily trafficked. The West Executive entrance sits on West Executive Drive, the driveway between the West Wing of the White House and the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. That drive is where Vice President Harris's motorcade parks and where senior staff have parking spaces. So let's see if we can find a map. Map of where... I'm trying not to bump the computer. Was found. White House. <laughs> I was looking for images on this stuff because it's kind of hard to kind of figure out. Okay, so we have foyer lobby. That's not helpful. I want an actual map. Hmm. Oh my gosh, look at this headline. Jill and Joe, oh yeah, recovering drug addict Hunter Biden and family onto the Truman balcony to watch the July 4th celebrations, two days after cocaine was found in the West Wing. That is correct. Stuart, thank you for your super chat. Hunter was throwing snowballs, lol. <laughs> Andy says, something, something white, something house, drugs. I'll have what he's having. Yeah, no, I don't think we're going to be doing that. That's not good. Um... Drugs are bad. Okay, we don't like drugs at all. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre implied in her daily briefing on Wednesday that a member of the public left the Schedule A substance in a heavily traveled area of the West Wing, the office space that includes the Oval Office and an area for staff. Despite repeated questions, she refused to get into hypotheticals about the investigation and insisted the Secret Service would find the culprit who abandoned the drugs while Biden and son Hunter were in Camp David for the weekend. Yeah, because Hunter definitely didn't drop it there. Andy says, don't know, the jokes seem like they're right there, but it's harder than it looks. Bumpy road ahead, that's pretty good too. I appreciate that. There are a lot of jokes. Um, there's been a flurry of joke activity surrounding this particular snowstorm. That's pretty much all I can come up with. I've not really dabbled in the powdery arts myself, so I don't really know. We have confidence that Secret Service is going to get to the bottom of this, she said. Doubt, 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 doubt. They have active incentive to not figure out who did this, because if it does turn out to be Hunter Biden, that just makes the Biden crime family look worse. That's not what you want. You're looking for positive publicity not negative publicity. And I got to be honest, I don't think this is the positive publicity they're going for as they're, as Joe Biden is going out and hitting the trail for re-election. Cliff says, everybody knows where the powder came from. It's hilarious how we're all pretending we don't know. Yeah, no, everybody on my timeline knows, 100%. Uh, the only people who are pretending that they don't know are the people who are supposed to be cracking the case. So here we go. I'm looking forward to not getting to the bottom of this at all. Let me make sure I still have my audio. Now I'm very, very paranoid about that. Switching between scenes. I do agree that we need to reassess our stance on the war on drugs, for sure. I think that Tom Elliott is right about that. This is a perfect opportunity for us to do that. Um, they could even say something like, oh, it was Hunters. Hey, look at that. Maybe we should change how we look at uh, illicit drugs supposedly possibly so at least that that's a conversation we should at least be having we should be having that debate but it seems like neither party wants to have that conversation kamala harris we know is using people who are in jail to do extra work um unlawfully and nobody really seems invested in actually taking steps to protect people from being illicitly jailed if you can see dot just off scene 
she's hanging out. She's looking up at the cat who's now on top of the uh, mattress. Hi, Dot. She is so hard to see on camera. Yeah, there she is. She got a haircut. She's looking very adorable. Stuart says, is Joe Biden on cocaine to keep himself going? Asking for a friend. I don't think that Biden himself is on cocaine. I think he's on very carefully, very heavily regimented medicine. That's very cautiously administered by like a whole host of nurses. Um, I don't think they would allow him to go crazy and do his own self-medication like his son likes to do. Um, drugs were the war, war, drugs won the war on drugs. I fought the war on drugs and drugs won. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to update you guys on cocaine gate because it's very exciting. Fascinating news. Something's a little less political. Um, but we all know how it, how the cookie would be crumbling if it were a Republican president in office, even though it's not really a, a useful, uh, mental exercise to perform. Let's look at this because the other relatively big news breakout that we're looking at today is threads. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Instagram, I continually say, is one of the most censorious platforms I've ever used because I was posting memes about Kyle Rittenhouse when that first happened. And when they came up with, uh, when Kyle Rittenhouse was recently in the news, I forget why, he was in the news like a few months ago and Instagram went back through my timeline, okay, and they gave me uh, like a strike. They said your, you know, your account is in danger of being suspended or banned over a meme, and they called it bullying. And I did not bully anyone, including the horrible, disgusting people that Kyle can ended up defending himself against. I wasn't bullying anyone. Obviously, my timeline on Instagram is basically nothing but memes. In fact, before I worked with Timcast. I was accused of being a meme page, so I would occasionally post selfies of myself and say, like, I'm not actually a meme page, this is me with my personal um, Instagram. I just love memes a lot, and I like current events and politics, so I talk about it constantly. So this is interesting because what's showing up on um, threads is the new social media network is exactly like what's happening on Instagram. So Greg Price says, if you're wondering why this is happening over on threads, Meta outsources their fact checking to an independent fact checking network made up of orgs that apply for certification through the quote, international fact checking network at the Pointer Institute, which is run by liberals and funded by George Soros's open society. And this is why you get notifications like this. Are you sure you want to follow Donald Trump Jr.? This account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. This is exactly the notification you get from Instagram. So as far as I'm concerned, this new meta project is nothing but Instagram light. And I don't see it having any of a better income, uh, better outcome than Instagram did. So do you see this graphic right here? I uh, I commented on this that it literally uses the exact same graphic as I'm constantly seeing when Instagram chooses to go back years on my timeline, literally years, and remove memes about Kyle Rittenhouse for bullying. Andy Dot is barking and I don't have anything to throw at her. <laughs> so let's read this Not the Bee article. Meta's Twitter clone launches immediately censors anyone with unapproved thoughts. Thank you. Shocking. Well, that lasted all of five seconds. <laughs> yeah, your post on threads goes against our guidelines. How shocking. 
Yep, just censoring a factually true story about cocaine being found in uh, Joe Biden's White House because the poster posted real pictures of Hunter Biden doing cocaine and implied there might be a connection. I don't know, you guys, all of you guys who were so ready to flee Twitter over the nonsense that Elon Musk has pulled lately, saying things like, yeah, we're done with this, whatever. You forget what it's like to post on places like Instagram and Facebook because this is exactly the same as it is over there. At least it's nonpartisan, right? This is what happens when users try to follow Donald J. Trump Jr. on threads, right? Watch out. Are you sure you want to follow this person? Oh, well, at least that respects your privacy. Nope. Nope. Jack points out all your threads are belong to us because data linked to you includes health and fitness, financial information, contact information, user content, browsing history, purchases, location, contact, search history, and identifiers. Oh, you guys, this is a gold mine for Meta. If you joined Threads, I feel bad for you, son, because this is not it. This is just a worse form of Instagram slash Facebook. Jeez, that's wild. So it censors you for posting facts that might make people in power look bad, tries to dissuade you from following one side of the political aisle, and tracks everything you do. And on top of that, it doesn't even work. I was on threads for five minutes, says AOC. Okay, this is not coming from the right side of the aisle. But now I think my app is bricked. It just, it was just as I hit send on a long post of Queen's food recommendations. Tragic. Agreed. You also have to delete your whole Instagram account if you decide to remove your account on the threads app. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Journalist Michael Schellenberger has thoughts. Schellenberger also notes an important distinction between Elon Musk's Twitter, which has the policy of only censoring its national laws deemed fit, and Meta slash Facebook, which censures according to the woke ideology of the religious cell to control the company. But hey, at least Big Brother is friendly. Here we go. Can we ban politics, crypto, and AI from this app? And can we focus on kidness? Kindness, I'm assuming. Don't get me wrong. I respect Gary Vee. Nothing but respect for him. He's a very positive influence. Um, but Zuck chimes in. We are definitely focusing on kindness and making this a friendly place. All by censoring all the people we don't want to speak. You guys, this is just more of the same. Nothing new under the sun. Seriously, at least when it comes to meta. So I really think, uh, oh, you know what? I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Twitter threatens legal action over Meta's Threads app. Oh my gosh, these Timu ads. I can't handle them. They're so weird. Meta, which also owns Instagram and Facebook, debuted Threads on Wednesday. Social media platform Twitter warns rival Meta that that it intended to protect its intellectual property rights following the latter's debut of Threads, a Twitter competitor linked to Meta's other platforms. Indeed it is. As we just learned, if you want to get rid of your Meta account, you have to delete your Instagram account too. Twitter has raised concerns that Meta may have improperly used its intellectual property and issued the firm a cease and desist letter on Thursday. Twitter has serious concerns that Meta platforms, Meta, has engaged in systematic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property. Interesting. Twitter went on to note that Meta had hired many of the company's former employees and tasked them with creating the Copycat Threads app. Fascinating. Twitter intends to strictly enforce its intellectual property rights and demands that Meta take immediate steps to stop using any Twitter trade secrets or other highly confidential information, it warned. 
Meta, which also owns Instagram and Facebook, debuted Threads Wednesday. The microblogging platform is comparable to Twitter, but offers users a larger character limit. Okay, so their main appeal is a longer character limit, which is not really even a thing anymore. So I don't know. I don't know what their real real goal is. I think their main goal is just to get people back into their meta sphere. <laughs> get it? Meta sphere. Yeah. So they're just trying to get people to continue to work with their platform and make sure that people are still within their reach as far as data and information goes. And he says, all my progressive friends are so pumped about being able to finally get away from the evil, mean Elon platform. Well, that's fine. I wish them the best. Hopefully they never end up on the wrong side of the censorship because I'm sure this is a dinosaur on the leash that will never turn around to bite them because they are after all the good guys, I'm told. All right, you guys, let's look at what Missouri is doing. I have been telling you guys not to sleep on Missouri. They are a solid state. They are doing good stuff out there in the wild. Let's read this. Uh, I think I touched on this the other day, but it's very important. So we will break it down. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey obtains court order blocking the Biden administration from violating the First Amendment. That's fantastic. And we're about to break down why. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey announced today the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana granted his motion to block top officials in the federal government from continuing to violate the First Amendment rights of millions of Americans. The judge's ruling is 155 pages long and includes 721 footnotes. Wow. So he was like super thorough. Good for him. The judge had harsh words for the federal officials. He noted that this is the most massive attack on free speech in the United States history, but that the Biden administration has blatantly ignored the First Amendment right to free speech, and that the Biden administration almost exclusively targeted conservative speech. That's right. Attorney General Bailey's motion for preliminary injunction, which he filed with Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, highlighted over 1,400 facts from more than 20,000 pages of evidence exposing the vast, vast censorship enterprise coordinated across multiple agencies within the federal government. Author of this article needs to proofread. The court's order comes a mere two weeks after Attorney General Bailey testified before Congress on the dangers that the enterprise poses to Americans' right to free speech. We filed this landmark lawsuit against dozens of officials in the federal government to stop the biggest violation of the First Amendment in our nation's history. And today's court order is a huge win for the right to freely speak without government censorship, said Attorney General Bailey. We must build a wall of separation between tech and state to preserve our First Amendment right to free, fair, open debate. Missouri will continue to lead the way in the fight to defend our most fundamental freedoms. In the order, the court recognized the state's evidence of unconscionable federal censorship activities. The judge specifically found virtually all of the free speech suppressed was conservative free speech. At least 22 times, the White House engaged in unrelenting pressure against tech companies. White House defendants engaged in coercion to induce social media companies to suppress free speech. White House defendants made it very clear. White House defendants made it very clear to social media companies that they wanted suppressed and what they wanted amplified. Faced with unrelenting pressure from the most powerful office in the world, social media companies apparently complied. Not in every case, as we found out from the Twitter files. The Hunter Biden laptop story was real and not mere Russian disinformation, and the FBI's failure to alert social media companies to this fact is particularly troubling after the FBI falsely suggested to social media companies that the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake. After the Hunter Biden laptop story broke October 14, 2020, FBI agent Laura Demlo refused to comment on the status of the Hunter Biden laptop in response to a direct inquiry from Facebook 
although the FBI had the laptop in its possession since December 2019. Facebook suppressed information at the demand of the White House, the FBI, and other federal agents, even through even though the information did not violate Facebook's policies and thus ordinarily would not have been suppressed. So this isn't just Meta doing Meta stuff. This isn't just Meta censorship. This is the U.S. government actively working against the American people. Absolutely crazy to me. Like, this blew my mind. So I was so happy to hear that Missouri and Louisiana are working together to take steps against this ridiculous ridiculous federal censorship like this is an active active violation of the first amendment rights of millions of american citizens goodness gracious so let's touch on this from the federalist um whom we love and appreciate i i really appreciate everything the federalist does because they write really good um really good editorials and really good synopsis and they talk to people like um margo cleveland Missouri versus Biden proves corporate media lied about big tech censorship crusade against conservatives. U.S. media should care about Americans' First Amendment rights. Instead, outlets repeatedly insisted that online censorship wasn't happening. This is from Jordan Boyd. Corporate media mocked widespread conservative outrage over online censorship as a baseless and misdirected ploy to gin up controversy and votes. But Missouri v. Biden is proving that big tech and the federal government colluded to suppress millions of protected free speech postings by American citizens. There's hardly a lack of proof that Americans were the subject of years of government-led partisan purges on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. This is exactly what I'm talking about on Instagram. 100%. It's exactly what um, Instagram is doing and what Meta is doing right now on threads. And I don't believe that's all of their own free will. I believe there's a very political bent to what they do. Emails, documents, files, and statements show it was often at the prompting of federal agencies like the Department of Health and Human Services, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Census Bureau, Department of Homeland Security, Department of State, all these different departments were pressuring these companies to censor different information about COVID elections and criticizing the Biden regime, which is really, really bad. This feels like we don't live in a representative republic slash democracy anymore, and I find that particularly unsettling. Let's see what she concludes at the end, since we've already read the press release from Missouri. The First Amendment, okay, it's quite telling that each example or category of suppressed speech was conservative in nature. This targeted suppression of conservative ideas, a perfect example of viewpoint discrimination of political speech. The judge wrote, American citizens have the right to engage in free debate about the significant issues affecting the country. The First Amendment, he wrote, was designed to protect an uninhibited marketplace of ideas in which truth will ultimately prevail. Yet for years now, the federal government and big tech, which cover with cover from corporate media, have repeatedly violated Americans' right to that uninhibited marketplace. I am so glad this is all collapsing on them. Because having watched what happened with Instagram and what's happening today with threads, I have to say that there is a very clearly political bias. This is something we've been saying, like hinting at for a really long time. Um, But we've never really actually had proof of this. Now we do. We absolutely do. It's unmistakable, unavoidable, legally, legally settled in Missouri. And it's just, I'm really curious if anything actually happens as a result of this. Um, typically, I trust people like Tom Cotton. I trust people like 
Senator Cruz to some extent, talk about Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley's great. And in fact, I expect Josh Hawley to speak out about this. In fact, let's see if he has said anything about this. I know whenever I type, it's a annoying with this camera. Josh Hawley. Let's see if he said anything. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that's not actually a tweet from him. Yeah, people like to criticize Josh Hawley because he's actually doing things, and I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, he did sit down and talk to uh, Jordan Peterson about his book. He wrote a book about masculinity. So this is from the 5th. I'm told the libs are ma major triggered by the connection between the Bible and the American founding. Yep, mm -hmm. that's completely unrelated, though. I want more. Let's see. Corporations shouldn't get a pass. Dump toxic chemicals. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, the EPA thing. Yep. Oh, I hear cat. Hello, sir. I thought we had dot in here, but instead we have dip. That's great. All right, Josh is being the family man. Court has ended. Okay, so he commented on the Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action. Talking about the spy balloon. Yeah, no, nothing. Hmm, interesting. Well, I expect him to comment forthwith. We'll have to see. They blacklisted Bongino and Charlie Kirk. That Twitter executive, Yul Roth, had standing meetings with the FBI. They would tell him who to censor. That's right. These are all things that we discovered during the Twitter files. If you guys were paying attention then, um, Yul would sometimes push back as Andy points out. And then um, Andy says their ethics weren't the same as my ethics, but at least at Twitter they had something approximating a backbone. Yes, they did sometimes push, push back. And I think that that was... A mark in their favor, although they didn't do it consistently and they were very weasley about it. Um, I really don't respect them to any degree, but at the same time, at least they had a voice and tried to stand up against it. All right, now some good news. Uh, we talked yesterday about Ben and Jerry's because um, they tweeted a particularly hot take on the 4th of July about giving stolen land back to their native forebears. And here's the result. Ben & Jerry's parent company, Unilever, loses $2.6 billion in market capital as ice cream boycott kicks in over anti-American July 4th tweet. The GOP's Christy Nome slams owners as liberal Vermont businessmen who think they know everything. Yes, in a new interview with Fox News, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome slammed woke ice cream makers Ben & Jerry's. Her anger stems from a tweet sent out by the company in which they called for Mount Rushmore to be returned to Native Americans. Give me a break. Since sending out the tweet, Ben & Jerry's parent Unilever has lost $2.6 billion in market capital. Hmm. Shocking. Let's keep it up. I don't know how much conservatives have control over that, but let me take a look over here. I don't really care what Christy Nome says. I don't really care about her. Unilever loses. Dip's scratching at the door. He wants to get out. Loses market. Nice. Let's keep this up. Let's give Ben and Jerry's the good old-fashioned Bud Light treatment. Shares of Unilever, the Anglo-Dutch multinational firm, slid 0.8% Thursday after closing down 0.5% the previous day. Good. Couldn't have happened to a nicer company. The company's stock prices closed Thursday at 51.31, nearly $1 below its closing price, 52.28, during the Monday's shortened trading. And the day before, Ben & Jerry's posted its unpatriotic tweet. The result has seen its market cap drop to $128.5 from 132.6 on Monday. 
Ben and Jerry's, which was acquired by Unilever, but whose board remains independent in voicing its views on political issues. Yeah, there's your problem. So the July 4th celebrations can distract from an essential truth about this nation's birth. Ugh, cringe. The 4th of July. It's high time we recognize the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land. Oh my gosh. The typical leftist claptrap. Oh my gosh. I want to see more of this. I want to see more. Let's look at um, how they've been doing over the course of the last few months. Let's see. Google.com. Unilever market summary. I think that's what it's called. The market summary. Okay. So if we go to finance on Yahoo... We are down a little bit. This is not very much. Okay. This is not very much. Let's look over the course. Yeah. See, it's hardly anything. This is a start. It's a start. Um, they're, they've been trending along. They're not doing crazy good. They're not doing crazy bad. I would like to see them crash. They're saying bearish pattern detected. So they're going looking down, which is very interesting. Oh, great. Hello. Dip would like to join in. He has a lot to say. Hey, here's his tail. He's here on the desk with me, which I love so much. I'm probably going to have to push him off in just a minute. My gosh, I have the most annoying pets in the world, I swear. So let's look at this prediction from Barron's. Ben and Jerry's ice cream is a boycott target like Bud Light. Why stockholders shouldn't worry. Okay, so let's see what Adam Clark has to say. Critics are calling for a boycott of Ben and Jerry's. Another week, another controversy over a company speaking out on a contentious issue. Maybe these companies should try not speaking out on contentious issues. Just saying. Critics of the message tweeted out by Ben and Jerry's July 4th called for a boycott of the brand and drew parallels with the backlash against Bud Light. However, investors in Bud Light's parent company, uh, Ben and Jerry's parent company, Unilever, shouldn't be too worried. The relative size of ice cream business and its long history of corporate activism should protect its owner from any reputational fallout. It is worth noting that Ben and Jerry's has always been super activisty. Uh, but I will point out, as Andy says, Unilever is a huge company. Unilever owned, Unilever owns like Dove. They own tons of stuff. Like, a lot. There is no way that this could possibly hurt them unless, yeah, see, so we have Dove, Magnum, Ben & Jerry's, Lifebuoy, Axe, Rixona. I don't know what that is. I think that's a European brand, Nor. Yeah, very popular in Europe. Hellman's. Yeah, Rinso, Tresemme, Purcell, Cliff, Vaseline, Sunlight. These are, these are serious companies and these contain a lot of the products that you buy for like personal care ice cream. Interesting. Yeah. Um, body wash, Lipton. Oh no, I can't buy Lipton anymore. It's crazy. They have a lot and it's worth knowing. It's like, it's a big web of companies that they own. This is a really, really interesting, um, chart that I love showing people. So this is, um, let's open this in its own tab. Yeah. So we have Nestle, Pepsi, General Mills, Kellogg's, Associated British Foods, which we don't really deal with unless it's like corn syrup. Uh, corn oils and stuff. Mandalays, I'm not familiar with. Oh, formerly Kraft Foods. Mars, Danon, Unilever, Coke, Nestle, Wonka. These are like the big owners of these, all these companies. So if you wanted to boycott PepsiCo, for example, you would have to rethink where you buy your oat products because Pepsi owns 
Quaker. And if you want to boycott Nestle, you're going to have to find a better place to buy baby food or baby clothes because they also own Gerber. They own candy companies. They own all sorts of candy bars. So let's all be honest, though. If we were trying to eat healthier and eat more whole food, we wouldn't be buying anything from these companies anyway. Like um, Associated British Food makes a lot of corn-based stuff. They make uh, high fructose corn syrup, Caro, which I have used to make seasonal pies. I'm sure you're familiar with them if you've ever baked much. We have Cadbury. I know this is small. Forgive me. Let's see what we have over here. It's kind of hard to see. Oreo, I think. Mandalay's, formerly Kraft. That's interesting. Juicy fruit. No, you'll literally have to rethink where you buy your food if you want to get away from Mars. I mean, your gum if you want to get away from Mars. Dannon, of course, does the yogurt and all that other stuff you love. Cocones, Fanta, Nos, all of these drinks. What I was really going to say here is that all of these things are incredibly highly processed and very, very bad for you. So it's probably best that we stay away from all these companies anyway, but it is hard, right? If you go to the store and you pick out like four things, odds are that those four things are going to be from one of these companies or multiple of them because they own so much and it's going to be very hard to uproot them. So when I was looking at how to undercut BlackRock and some of these other ESG companies, um, it's very overwhelming quickly because not only are all of these companies so intricately woven together, like Klondike, Knorr, um, let's see some other names you recognize, Lipton, Skippy, Hellman's, yep, yep, all this stuff is on here, all owned by Unilever. And it's stuff that you don't think about, so it's very, very hard to use your money to, you know, make a point about your politics, because how are you supposed to go without soap, right? How are you supposed to go without this? And how are you supposed to go without this? And then maybe someone in your family really likes this brand or Caress is a nice brand, although I haven't bought that in a really long time. But some of this other stuff is super, super artificial and should be fought with everything, everything you have, because we should all really be staying away from stuff like ragu, which is tomato sauce that actually has sugar added into it. Uh, in the most horrifying turn of events imaginable, Slim Fast, which is this weird concoction of health food that's supposed to make you skinny and healthy and all that stuff. Uh, spoiler alert, it does not. And then you have Briars, which offers supposedly healthy um, ice cream options. Nah, if you want to make healthy stuff, you need to use whole foods from sources that you understand and know about, like you could buy half a cow or whatever. Um, Deborah says Hellman's. Oh no. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they own a lot of these companies that we really like and that we've been using for our whole lives. And it's going to be hard for everybody to switch over from some of this stuff, but we'll see what happens. I'm optimistic that this gigantic tech, um, let's say this, this, um, monopoly that these companies have built in the U S economy will be crashed before too long. Here's one way I think that we could make that happen. Heart of the U.S. economy moves south. Six states in the Sun Belt now contribute more to the national GDP than perennial powerhouse the Northeast after $100 billion of wealth migration during COVID. Florida, Texas, Georgia, North and South Carolina, and Tennessee are now outperforming the Washington, New York, Boston corridor. I mean, you can only be so restrictive and force rich people out of your country, out of your states for so long before you start to see the fallout. And this is the fallout. Now, 
When Joe Rogan moved to Austin, he took a bunch of liberal employees with him. And when a lot of these companies move to these more conservative states, they tend to take their policy visions with them. This is exactly, I talk constantly about this, this is exactly what happened in Colorado with Californians. And I think that it's very, very likely that this kind of thing will happen in these states too, like Florida, Texas, and Georgia are in danger right now of being overrun by the woke people who had to flee, like New York, for example. A lot of people in New York came down to Florida during COVID for the increased possibility of freedom. And now that they're here, they're going to try to use their same policies to achieve their same utopian visions for the world that we see in New York and Boston and other such places. Definitely something to be aware of, but at the same time, these states, while they still have conservatives in control, are now in a position to bargain with the rest of the country as far as like the economy goes. So while the individual may not be able to make um, much of a difference to companies like Unilever and all of their subsidiaries, states might be able to um, put a bit of a roadblock in the way. In fact, Florida actually, I believe, withdrew their entire pension system from investment by BlackRock and um, some of those other companies. While data only goes back to the 1990s, it's likely the first time the South is outgunning the Northern economy in such a way. The switch began during the pandemic and is only gaining momentum. A flood of electric vehicle factories and battery plants has helped to bring $100 billion in new income to the Southeast in 2020 and 2021 alone, with the Northeast conversely losing $60 billion during the same time span. Yeah, when we were up near Boston, we were looking at numbers of the people who are fleeing the state. I was like... Absolutely. I completely understand why. Yeah. So 4.6 trillion versus 4.44. That's wild. Good for them. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. So Tennessee's great. Wow. Tennessee's one of the highest. Tennessee and Florida are the highest. Texas is super high as well. New York's low. New Jersey's low. Georgia's doing well too. Massachusetts is doing pretty well. Pretty well still. Two-thirds of the job growth in the country is now concentrated in the southeast and is home to 10 of the 15 fastest-growing cities. Both Tennessee and Florida increased their GDP by 3.5% in the last financial quarter, according to the Bureau of uh, Economic Analysis. Analysts. Texas and Georgia also performed well, increasing by 3% and 2.4% respectively. The change in economic activity reflects the migration of workers from the Sunbelt in search of better weather and more space after experiencing the cramped conditions in cities like New York uh, during the lockdown. Stuart, definitely use Public Square. Are they coming to the UK? We need them here. I think Andy was asking them the other day about whether they're planning to go into Europe. And my understanding is hopefully soon. I don't know. Really have no idea. But as far as I can tell with every company like that, it's, go- it's, it's one of those hopefully soon things. You can only do so much at one time. I do agree that public school is a square is a fantastic idea and should be used in every single country. We now have more employees in Texas than New York state. It shouldn't have been that way. Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan Chase told Bloomberg, Oh no, not JP Morgan Chase. Investment from the Inflation Reduction Act will benefit southern states and will help drive growth there too, according to the publication's analysis. The $370 billion designated to help decarbonize the economy will benefit the southern states like Texas that have attracted clean tech factories like Giga Texas. Texas is set to overtake California as the country's biggest generator of solar energy from large farms. Californians themselves are also heading to Texas, some of 111 
111,000 moved from the Sunshine State in 2021 in search of cheaper housing, lower taxes, and booming work opportunities. And they're going to vote in Texas just like they did in California. Not good. Andy, Texas Rangers 4, is asking Public Square, what is their website? Would you like to link that for him there? Andy is a huge proponent of Public Square, and we do have a bit of a conflict of interest because Andy actually works with them. And we're in Florida because they are setting up headquarters here instead of just in California in friendlier waters. So I'm very excited to be here helping them do that. It's a bright future for them. And um, Michael was actually just over on Timcast the other day. And it's a bright future for them. So, yeah, 100%. Interesting conversation. I think this will be the last thing we talk about here. RFK Jr. So yesterday we were talking about how um, Joe Biden actually does have some Democratic competition. Now, the Daily Mail was saying that that competition was coming in the form of Cornell West, which I don't think is correct at all. I've been hearing and seeing a lot more about RFK Jr. than I have about Cornell West. And indeed, here we have an article from the Daily Mail saying that RFK Jr. raised $3 million in three days. Democratic hopeful piles the pressure on Biden with support from more Americans, so will Joe have the courage to debate him? Of course not. Joe can't debate Bobby Kennedy Jr. Sorry, no can do. Aides to RFK Jr. claim they have raked in a total of $6 million since he launched... But Democrats have so far refused to counter the possibility of Biden sharing a platform with the notorious anti-vaxxer. The Kennedy scion has scored double-digit approval ratings among Democrat voters. Anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist Robert F. Kennedy Jr. raked in as much as $3 million in just three days at the end of June, his presidential campaign has claimed. Now, he may be a conspiracy theorist. I'm not sure. I don't know what the basis is for 90% of the stuff he says. Um... He, he's not crazy. I think he's 100% entitled to his own views. So I think it's somewhat uncharitable of the Daily Mail to class him as a conspiracy theorist. Um, He is just holds his own views and there's nothing wrong with that. Aides to the nephew of slain President JFK said would-be Democrat candidate raise the money between June 28th and June 30th before a key financial filing deadline. They said the one-time environmental lawyer has convinced donors to stump up just over $6 million since launching his primary challenge to Joe Biden in April. RFK's campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich, oh my, haven't heard that name in a long time, Mr. Kennedy is catching on because the public is fed up with the media smears. People are answering the attacks by opening up their wallets. That's right. That's what we do. We vote with our wallets. And I'm honestly happy to see people engaging with a, a counter counter campaign instead of just going along with the Biden nonsense like they did in 2020. Party, erapti- party apparatchiks are known to be keen to prevent the current commander in chief from facing a primary proper challenge. His policies include ending the forever wars, cleaning up the government and restoring the American middle class. Okay. All typical political patter. So far, the only self-help author, so far, only self-help author, Marianne Williamson, has also declared her intention to stand against Biden. 
I thought Cornell West had declared too. Maybe he hasn't. While RFK still trails Biden in the polls, the 80-year-old has faced plenty of concerns uh, from Democrats over his age and physical and mental stamina. Look at this man. This man is melting. He is breaking down right in front of us. This, on the other hand, is what RFK Jr. looks like. And I have to say, he looks a lot better. He's a lot sharper. Even though he has his vocal cord disorder, he sounds a lot better. Literally sounds a lot better than Joe Biden. And I was commenting that I think his his vocal cord weakness might actually be a problem for him as a campaigner. But we'll see what happens there. His sister... Okay, so Kennedy's personal account had already been removed in 2021 as part of a crackdown by parent company Meta... Once again, Meta being censorious on what it called false and misleading information about COVID. His sister Carrie, who runs John F. Kennedy Human Rights, the international rights group founded by their mother, Ethel, said her brother has at times, has at times removed some of the content at her request. She said the AP in a 20, she told the AP in the 2021 interview, her brother is completely wrong on the issue and very dangerous. Okay. We get it. You think you're Mary Trump. Very cool. This anti-vaccine charity has prospered with the revenue more than doubling in 2020 to $6.8 million, according to filings with charity regulators. RFK has also repeatedly accused the CIA of playing a role in the assassination of his uncle and his father. Yes, so he does have a lot of really interesting ideas. And like I said, I don't know how he backs them up. He does strike me as a smart person, someone who's obviously thought deeply about these issues and who deserves like some kind of thought, like he deserves that he deserves the opportunity to speak, right? hundred percent. He should not be, should not be censored by meta. He should be given every platform and every ability to share his crazy views. Cause that's how you, that's how you fix crazy views is by countering them with the truth. And if the truth is more compelling than the crazy views, then you can actually have success. Like you can actually progress towards a positive goal. Now, I don't think that's what they want, but here we are. On May 21st, he writes about hosting dinner for Leonardo DiCaprio, driving the actor to the city. He then met someone else in Manhattan, claiming he got mugged on his way home, recording a 10 with the name of a woman next to it. I've got to do better, he wrote at the time. Another entry, Kennedy vows to avoid the company of women you have not the strength to resist their charms and to be humble like a monk. Keep your hands to yourself over your eyes. Very wise advice for a man in a position of power. It is very challenging to stay away from all these temptations. And that is often how they get you. Kennedy Sion began dating actress Hines in 2020, 2011 amid a bitter row with his estranged wife, Mary, over custody and finances that ended when she tragically took her own life. Yes, so Heinz was introduced to RFK Jr. by Curb Your Enthusiasm co-star Larry David in 2012. That's very interesting. I didn't realize that they had a connection there. I did not know that. No, the more you know. Um, Yeah, fascinating. So on the topic of COVID, since YouTube is getting a little less censorious about this, Harvard and Yale scientists investigate a new condition dubbed long vax, debilitating, a debilitating suite of symptoms linked to the COVID shot that last months and resemble long COVID. But scientists stress it is extremely rare and its benefits of vaccination outweigh the risk. Okay, let's continue. Symptoms include headaches, fatigue, abnormal heart rate, and blood pressure. Researchers say it could be due to immune overreaction to the COVID protein. 
Yeah, so this sounds like exactly what people were saying when it first came out. The people who got censored by companies like Meta, who is now currently censoring people in the exact same way with threads. Isn't it great? Time is a flat circle, as they say. Experts at Harvard and Yale are studying the debilitating suite of problems that appear hours, days, or weeks after getting a shot but can persist for months. Uh, They do not want the issue to be seized upon by the anti-vax movement that has gained momentum during the pandemic. Why do you think that is? Okay, I gotta be honest. I like vaccines. I think they're fantastic. I think they do good stuff. I want to know more about them. I want to know more about who funds them. I want to know more about why the companies can't be um, sued and stuff like that. I think we should have all of the information right in front of us. But Everything's being hidden, and people like Peter Hotez are making it more complicated by refusing to even discuss the issues at all, and I have a huge issue with that because we live in a country that supposedly has free speech. We should be able to have these conversations, but we don't because we have a bunch of big tech that gets in the way. So hopefully that will be resolved, and I hope that Threads rapidly falls apart with any luck. That'll be the case. Um, I hope that people will start to recognize the censorship again. As far as I'm concerned, though, I will end on this because we're getting close to eight. I view this as just another iteration of the great sort, right? So conservatives are moving to Florida. Conservatives are moving to Tennessee. Conservatives are moving to some of these red states that are gaining more economic power. Um, And in much the same way, I think that like Andy's progressive friends are going to go places like Threads. Um, I think that Threads is going to be where all the lefties go and then saner, middle of the road, right-ish leaning, kind of more moderate people are going to stay in places like Twitter where you can actually engage in free speech and good faith conversation now. What does that do for our overall public conversation as a country? I have no idea. But at the end of the day, I'm not convinced that I really, really want to share a country with people who will look at the color of my skin and tell me that I'm bad and worse will tell my children that they're evil because their parents are both white. Tell my sons that they shouldn't be boys and tell my daughters that they shouldn't be girls. I have serious problems with all of that and I don't see us finding a happy middle ground there. I would be very happy if all those people were to go right over to threads and hang out. Andy says, everybody go follow me on threads. I will do no such thing, but thank you, dear. All right, you guys. I'm going to wrap it here. I'm short on breath again, as usual. Thanks, baby. Pushing my lungs up, constricting everything up and down. It's very exciting. Um, I will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. I am going to stream tomorrow. I haven't been streaming Friday nights, but we will look at some Twitter stuff and you guys can tell me what to discuss. I will pitch it to you guys and we'll see what's going on with... I'd like to kind of get into the reaction game. I know TikTok has some wild and crazy um, stories that I would really like to analyze. We'll see what happens there. Um, I think that'd be fun if I can do that without getting in trouble. Stuart says the spike protein is the same as in AIDS, which Fauci's team worked on. I have heard that. I don't know about that. Janice says end anti-whiteism. Yeah, maybe we should stop being racist altogether. That would be great. From my understanding, that was the goal at the beginning of the movement of some of this anti-racist stuff, but we'll see what happens. All right, you guys, I will see you all next time. Stay safe, stay well, stay out of Target, and don't buy Ben & Jerry's. All right, until next time. Bye, guys.